0: Everything F1, driven by fans for the fans. And it's lights out and away we go! As Verstappen goes into turn one and goes past the Mercedes!
1: Oh! And Hamilton has gone from second in the race. Try again this time on the inside
2: and comes to the touch! Verstappen is out of the race and that's a big crash! Ocon wins the Hungarian Grand Prix! Russell is still on provisional pole!
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. Alongside me from the Everything F1 team today, we do have Coops. Hi Coops, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yes, I'm very good, thank you very much. Running around like a madman, but i finally got to sit down for a little bit of time. What have you been up to this week?
2: Just working, looking after the new cat. you got I'm a new sorry. cat
0: called... Capping. New cat... Cassian Cassian
2: and go all Star Wars streams
0: Can you not rustle your biscuits because you're making me hungry and it doesn't sound very good on podcasts you No, know, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm hungry too I've been working I'm not that long in
0: So Just wait until he does ASMR <laughs> Okay We've also got Tom Hey, Tom, how are you? Hello mate
1: I'm very well Thank you yeah. I would ask you how you are but you've already
0: answered I have What have you been up to then? Had a busy week?
1: Unbelievably so, yes. And I'm going away tomorrow for work. So I thought it's would sneak in a little pod before I leave.
0: Wonderful. Well, it's good to have you with us. It's been a while since you've been on the EF1 pod. So good to speak to you. Good to see you. We are the Everything F1 team. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please follow us on all of our social platforms. We're also on TikTok and you can find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com. We would also love it if you would subscribe to our podcast. You can do that on your favorite podcast streaming service. We are absolutely everywhere. So either hit the bell, click subscribe, whatever it is you use to subscribe to podcasts on your certain platform. Please do it and leave us a five-star review if you do like what you hear. And if you do leave us a five-star review, we'll give you a, a shout out on one of our future podcasts. So today we're talking about the USA Grand Prix at the Circuit of the Americas. The vital statistics, please, Tom.
1: Yes. So Circuit of mm-hmm. the Americas, or COTA as it's known for short. The first race was held here in 2012. So this is actually the 10-year anniversary, although the ninth race here, because we didn't race in 2020. Mm-hmm. And just COVID. and The full name is the Formula One Aramco United States Grand Prix. The a racing lap is 5.5.3 kilometers with a race distance of 308.4 kilometers, which equals 56 laps. The lap record is held by Charles Leclerc, aka Chuckles Leckie, with the 136.1 in 2019. Like I said, first EP was in 2012, and we have the C2, C3, and C4 compounds. Yes, Weekend, so so the middle three, if if you'd like, of the tires. For all of our UK-based listeners, viewers, spectators, fans, whatever you want to call them, it's a late one for us. So FP one is eight pm till nine p.m. on Friday, the twenty-first. FP two is eleven pm until half past midnight into Saturday. FP3 is 8pm until 9pm. And then Quali, get your coffees on, ladies and gentlemen, and anybody else, is 11pm until midnight. Ooh. Yeah, so so, I mean, for for me, that's fine, because I'll be playing Quali before then, and I'll jump off, watch Quali, and jump back on, probably. And then the Mm. race itself, Sunday the 23rd is at 8pm.
0: So a nice late weekend, which is great for us... Us British fans, we just have to wait all day for it and then get to watch it just before bed. I quite like the late ones. We've got, do you know what? I was looking at the stats for the podcasts the other day, and 34% of our listeners are from the UK, and 35% of our listeners are from the US. So actually, we should stop doing UK times because actually there's 1% more of our fan base from the USA, which is, yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much for all tuning in. We really appreciate obviously, your listenership. You appreciate over in the States as much as we do over here in the UK. So thank you very much for, for being part of the fans. Anyway, it is the race at the Circuit of the Americas this week. Is it a fan favourite? We'll go to Coops first. Coops, is it? Is this a great track? Is it a good track? Bad track? Do you look forward to it? What, what are you looking forward to from the weekend?
2: Uh, well, it's Hellman Tilka's greatest hits, and it's his best <laughs> track. So hmm. the track was built with pretty much a corner from this track, the corner from that track, and a section from this track, and it's worked out well. Yeah, yeah. it's a good track. It usually brings up, there's usually some talking points of some kind. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember it being particularly boring, but on the other side no, it was, of it, I don't it remember. Some good races there. But I don't also, like, I remember moments that are exciting, but I don't remember races that are really exciting. It's not quite got the historical significance of maybe a Suzuka or a Spa, but it's, you know, will get there. A few more years,
0: I think it would be. Uh, pretty much ingrained in Formula 1. It's the better American track at the moment, isn't it? I mean, we, we're still waiting for the Las Vegas track next oh, come year. On. But You've uh, seen that picture of that track. It's not going to match up to that, is it? No, it's not going to be as good as Kota, I don't think. Tom, what are your opinions on... The Circuit of the Americas track?
1: I actually really like it. It's uh, Maybe it's because Australia is one of my favourite cities in the world. So perhaps I've slightly got rose tinted spectacles. But I think of, of all the sort of modern Tilka tracks, and Coop does it very well, it is a bit of a greatest hit. So if you look in the final sector, it's basically got Turkey's turn a bit in reverse. And in sector one, it's got a bit of the center S's, the sort of winding left, right, left, right. Mm-hmm. Wiggle snake got that is it's it's a good challenging track as well because you've got to have a compromise between good aero efficiency for the straights because you've got those two long straights and okay in quality you'll have DRS but the race you may well not have DRS or you could be defending someone who has DRS mm. so getting the balance between that and then and then the sort of much tighter twistier middle sections we've seen some great battles here as well like like we said I'm a big fan favorite of, of KOTA.
0: Yeah, it has given us some good races. I, I've enjoyed it. And, well, it's definitely not Miami, which is good. A good thing. It's it's one of the attractive things to it. And I, I'm really looking forward to the race weekend. So who's going to do well this weekend? Coops, will it be the 2022 champion Max Verstappen to lose? I mean, you can't really go against... Well, actually, you can't. So Ferrari
2: know how to build a good qualifying car. Yeah. And Verstappen and Red Bull have got a good race car. So I'll expect Ferrari and Paul and Verstappen to be twenty five seconds ahead of everybody by the end of lap three, <laughs> because that's what's <laughs> been happening. So yeah, I, I don't I can't see past Verstappen and Red Bull to be honest. So the overall kind of victory at the end of this the end of the race, but you know, kinda of hoping for a wee bit of shenanigans to kinda of spice it up a bit, but you know, it's not really happen.
0: What about his Red Bull partner Sergio Perez? Obviously, Max Verstappen has now won the championship. Will he? Will Max be looking to kind of help Sergio Perez maybe get that second place? Or not trophy because you don't get a trophy, but you know, second place in the championship. No,
2: I think they'll 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 try and do <laughs> something for Mexico. If there's a way to do oh, yeah. it, I think they'll try and do that. But I don't think it's necessarily going to do anything. But America, I mean, there's still records for Verstappen to get and still, they still want to assert their dominance over the full season. So mm. there isn't a mercy rule in Formula One, so I don't see them bringing
0: one in now. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Let's go to Tom. Tom, are you expecting, obviously you're a, a Max Verstappen fan yourself or certainly you lean that way anyway. So were you expecting the same old, same old from Max
1: yeah, I mean, he might let his foot off the accelerator a bit, but, you know, mainly because he, he's not in that as high-pressure situation as he was certainly a coach at this time last year when the yeah. title championship was going down. You, you, we, we all know he's, he's won it, he's sewn up. So he's not got anything to lose, but that also doesn't mean that he needs to go out and be reckless. I think he's probably going to go for that record of most race wins in a season because we've mm. got
0: four races left I believe
1: Yeah, and he needs to win two of
0: them to yeah he's, he's already he's, he's level pegging now isn't he 113 I believe is the yes. current record so he just needs to win two more well what win, win one more really yeah
1: so I I just don't think it's in his nature if, if mm. you look at the way he's driving now you know especially after he got that first championship under his belt he's just he's like when Hamilton was just that one with the car you, you know it's just his driving machine and the team everything is just gelled and it's just clicked. And you, yeah, it's taken a while and he's not going to let up, no chance.
0: Coops, how about the Scuderia Red Scarlet team of Ferrari? How are they going to do this weekend? So you said you're going to, they're going to qualify first, but you don't suspect their race pace is going to be on form. No, because that Ferrari chews up its tyres. I mean, if you saw the
2: mm. picture at the end of the Japanese Grand Prix with their impact Fermi and they have done the comparison, the Ferrari front tyre had no tread on it, a bit like Hamilton, and I think it was Turkey. And then you look at the the red bull, the Intos, and it had a tread all the way across. So, yeah, yeah. you know, they've, they've made a good car for qualifying, but it just isn't able to match up in race pace. So they'll be up amongst the podium places, you know, third, second, round about there. But the, no, I don't see the race win going there again. You know, I'll say that and then there'll be a one-two for Ferrari and they'll be just But, you know, they'll be there or thereabouts. It's pretty much
0: where Mercedes should be. Um, they're kind of doing that. So. well, let's talk about Mercedes Tom. Obviously, they haven't had the best best of luck this season with the design of the car. They've just obviously just completely dropped the ball, really. They've been saying in the press, or Toto's been saying in the press recently, that, you know, we'll be back to our dominating ways. We've heard all that before. What what can you expect from the Mercedes team this weekend at Kota
1: So yeah, I don't I don't overly know about Mercedes. you know, they're um they'll they'll probably be having a bit of a ding dong with with Ferrari, not mm. Both cars may be in the top six. Might see a podium if there's a bit of carnage in front of them. Mm. We might see one of them qualify in the top three. I, I think they might struggle a bit with the setup because their car is, has its challenges this year, as we saw in Suzuka. I, th- I think they're going to have to make a bit of a compromise with, with the setup. It's Kota that should be able to overtake decently enough. So we'll see. Yeah,
0: it's an overtaking track, so it will give them the opportunity, but they haven't got that power to, to overtake. They, they're just sitting back, aren't they, slightly? They're just down on power.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like they're driving with the parachute that's come out the back of the car.
0: Yeah, let, let's hope they're more unformed for Brazil. Obviously, that's a Hamilton favourite track. If he's going to win one this year, it's going to be at Brazil, I think. But while we're still talking about America at this point, I don't think Mercedes are going to have what it takes to, to kind of get there at the top step this weekend. I I, I agree with both of you uh when you say it's it's probably red bulls to kind of lose at this point this race uh, and ferrari will be there to scoop up second third fourth maybe if the two red bulls can't get that 1 2 who else are you looking forward to seeing race this weekend alpine team are you know, you looking really good the, the cars looking good it's amazing that they're still battling with mclaren at this point i think uh, lando norris said something similar earlier in the week coops
2: yeah i mean I think Lando basically said with the car Alpine have got they shouldn't be this close to McLaren Uh, and he's right you know McLaren got things wrong at the start of the season which kind of delayed their development they had to deal with that issue with regards to the brake cooling and I don't think they really recovered you know and Alpine brought some upgrades to Singapore and Mm -hmm. They've been up there up at the near the front ever since. You know, Singapore was a disappointing race for them. I think they're now but the way things have worked out in Japan, they're now 13 points clear again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's basically Alpines to lose, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. The McLaren, it's just not strong enough. But Lando Norris has been doing a, a brilliant job to drag that team to the front. And even in the last race, to be fair to Danny Rick, that in the last two races, he's only been the the, the place behind Lando Norris. So Again, maybe he's coming back to a good performance level, but that Alpine should be a lot further ahead. It's just a better car. Got great drivers in Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon at the moment as well. Tom. Who else are we going to talk about? We've got to talk about the Haas team. Why not, why not talk about Haas, eh? got Magnussen and Mick Schumacher. What can you expect from those boys? Not much. F's,
1: <laughs> low points. Yeah, well, I Mick's mean, pretty much overdue a shunt in the wall anyway. So, uh, you know, what better place to do it than uh, the team's home race, am I right? <laughs> the, the Haas, oh, God, they promised so much and they delivered so little this season. Mm. There, there was all this big hype about, oh, this is our year. We're coming out, and they started the season really well, but I just don't expect anything of them. You know, mm. they're, I think they're a bit hampered by reliability and they're just they're so inconsistent. So, at a circuit where you need a consistent setup, I think they're going to struggle. Mm. I say that I'll watch them lock out the blinking third row or something. <laughs>
0: mm. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't think it's going to be great for them. Well, Mick Schumacher's fighting for his career in the Haas team. Gunter Steiner has been on podcasts and having interviews saying that. He's waiting for Danny Rick to give him a call and says there's a seat for Danny Rick if he wants it. So it's really negative stuff for Mick and his mindset going into the last few races with the team that he's currently in. Even Gene Haas was recorded saying that he's got potential. We really wanted it to work for Schumacher and the Haas team, but he's cost us so much money Brake in the car as as much as he has, that he's just too expensive to maintain. It's not good sound bites for Mick and his confidence going into the last few races with that team, is it, Coops?
2: No, and I think it's pretty much, from what everybody's saying, I mean, it looks like it's it's Hulkenberg that's pretty much set on getting that seat. I don't think Danny Rick wants to spend time at Haas, but then mm. again, over the weekend, over last weekend, I think somebody popped up in our chat and actually said they'd seen a rumour that he was going to Williams. So, you know. <laughs> You know, uh, it wouldn't surprise me with the way that the silly season's been going to see them in there. But yeah, I think I think Haas have had their, they've had their fill of Mick Schumacher. I think they, they were hoping
0: that it worked, but it's just not. It's a shame though, isn't it? Obviously, he's, he has got the potential. He's just not got the car underneath him. So I, I think Haas are to blame... Uh, you know, uh, equally to blame for me for but This, perf- this, this is Formula
2: One, though. It's all about timing mm. and opportunity. Yeah, he got the opportunity at the wrong time. Look at Stoffel van Dorn. Came in with a great pedigree. He's a great driver. Done really well. Mm. well he's the reigning in the Formula E champion. Ended up in the dog of a McLaren and got absolutely destroyed and rinsed for a couple of seasons. So sometimes they aren't good. We've got you know Latifio on the grid with the drivers in the past. Mazzepin, maybe, and you could think of that a few others way back in the day that just weren't good and managed to shoehorn themselves into a, a seat but it's it's always going to happen
0: if you don't time it right you're not going to you get get, take, get brought in by the wrong team yeah you know, backmarkers are always going to attract young Potentials and that that could be what breaks them really and, and breaks their career in this in the sport if they yeah, get. Yeah, I mean, car.
2: F- Fernando Alonso's made a career out of making the right decision at the wrong time, or the wrong decision at the wrong time. Yeah, the wrong decision at the right <laughs> time, the right decision. He's never made it at the right time.
1: You know, he's never made the right decision. To be fair, <laughs> it's just so, the king of the wrong decision. I
2: mean, you, know, you look at Hamilton's decision to move to Mercedes. That was the right decision at the right time. Mm. So. And then, you know, God knows if, if Alonso had made the right decision at the right time, he could have been four, five, six-time world champion. He didn't. Mm. Mick Schumacher went to Haas. That was the opportunity he was given. It hasn't worked. That's just the way it is. Will someone else give him that, cho- uh, that chance, though? The only opportunity he's got for him, Or he finds mm. a reserve seat. He's not, as far as I understand it, I think we've spoke about it before, I don't think he's going to be part of the Ferrari Drivers Academy.
0: Yeah, I dropped him.
2: Yeah, so... Ferrari have lost faith in him, has have lost faith in him. They can't all Where be wrong. And this? I think I think the Ferrari uh, around this whole situation is because of the name. Because I think we all hoped that it would work. Yeah. Because it's Schumacher. And it mm-hmm. hasn't. What were the chances of Mick Schumacher being anywhere
0: close to as good as his dad? I, I mean, it was it was never going to happen. Let's be completely no. really honest. It, it was romantic <laughs> to think otherwise. Anyway, let's get back to KOTA this weekend. I've Got a few teams to kind of talk about since then. Obviously, we've spoken about Alpine and, and McLaren. Let's talk about Tari. They've been really anonymous this year, so I can't expect we'll be talking about them for very long, Tom. <laughs>
1: No, the car's not been great this year. It's, given how sort of good they were last year, it's not particularly good this year. It's a bit of a shame to see probably taking a bit longer to adjust to the regulation changes. They've also got a finite amount of resources and you know, mm. those as, as clever people all the rest of it. That's not a slight to them by any stretch, but... The Honda power unit or Red Bull powertrain, whatever you want to call it, it's a Honda. We all know it's a Honda. It's
0: now Honda. It, it, it's officially Honda now for the rest of the year.
1: And- yeah, it's, it's gone back to Honda. I mean, you know,
0: you're not, you're not fooling me. Yeah, <laughs> it always was, but yeah.
1: So yeah, I mean, before yeah, it was like when they had, when they had the Tag Heuer branded engines. So it's definitely not a Renault. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that should give them some good straight line speed because we've got the two relatively long straight. You know, we've got that really long back straight and then, the, then yeah. the main main straight. Be all right around there, but. I think they might suffer in the of sort of twisty bits, especially that final sector with the uh, with the Turkey version 2.0, and then the, and then sort of double twist back round. Yeah, I'm not holding out too much hope for them, but we'll see what happens.
0: Who else we got? We've got the Alpha Romeo team. Valtteri Bottas has historically been okay here. Actually, it's about Joe One Wanyu. How do you think they'll do this weekend? I think
2: they're going to be largely anonymous, same as AlphaTauri, eh? You know, they, they came out the gates really well. They were doing well at the start of the season, but everyone's caught up with them. The development has been slower than everybody else. Today, but they've yes. naturally fell, uh, fell away. Mm-hmm. And they've got this slightly more unreliable Ferrari engine and power unit, I should say, in the back of that car. So, you know, if there's going to be a failure, Joe's getting it, because that's what's been happening. <laughs> <This> is... <laughs> Poor lad. But, you know, he's got a contract for next year and he's, he deserves to be there. He's a good driver.
0: Yeah, he's done well. He's, he's, done well exceeded, he's exceeded expectations this year, I think, given that he came into the season with people saying and questioning his ability and, oh, he's just got this because he's a, a pay driver and whatnot. No, 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 he's he's done an OK job. He's he's kept it close to his teammate At the start of the season, it was all about the money. And nobody's really mentioned mm. that
2: now in conversations about Joe. They just talk about, you know, he's just, if it's luck, he's always getting the bad luck or, you know, mm. or he ends up on the same bit of the track as Latifi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's a disaster for anyone.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. If you come in with millions of pounds in the back pocket and then by the end of the season, people aren't talking about the money you've got behind you, you've done the right thing. Uh, yeah. because that, He hasn't
0: embarrassed himself, that's He bizarre. hasn't,
2: no. He's came in, he never he never won the F2 Championship, but he got his F1 drive. People were mourning because Piastri hadn't got the F1 drive and he was getting the drive. It was all about money, mm. and yada, 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 and... But no, the
0: talk about him as a Formula One driver, he should be there for sure. Do you know, job well done. They do build on it for next year. Another team we haven't spoken about yet is the other A team, and that is the Aston Martin team of Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll. Do you know what? It's coming to the end of Sebastian Vettel's career, and I just want to see him do well the last few races. Tom, do we think that he can potentially drag that? green Aston Martin into the points for the last few races certainly the Americas being one
1: I think Seb could the Aston's not great on quality pace at all we've seen it's pretty slow but yeah. in, in race stream it seems to be alright I mean Suzuka was a pretty good example of Seb sort of getting into the points and and you said you, you want to see him battle and do well He's basically on his F one swan song. It's his final act. It's his closing number. If you want a musical mm. theatre reference or whatever, you know, it, it's, it's basically his end credits by this point. People like Seb, and I think twenty twenty one certainly for me, or twenty twenty, changed a lot of people's perspective of Seb. Yeah, he's sort of grown into like a likeable character, and just it would be nice to see him get one more points finished. I mean, everybody, I'm sure most people would like to see him get a podium finish. That's not going to happen in that Aston. I th- I think he could drag it into the points you know, if there are a couple of DNFs, so that maybe help him as well provided he doesn't get punted off into turn 1 or something or turn 3 or any turn on the first mm. couple of laps maybe
0: yeah the, as I said the car's not going to perform brilliantly I don't think uh, yeah. so the hopes for stroll are probably low teens I, I can't see the I can't see them out performing any, anything you know past 13 maybe 12 a uh, push, and I think the last team we need to speak about is Williams Coops. So take take it away. You're leaving me with Yeah, I'm. I'm that generous. I'm. I'm a generous kind of guy. You can speak about the, well, the North American of Latifi himself. He's Canadian. Uh, and he's. Ch- yeah, well, North. Yeah, it's part of North America, isn't it? The continent I was talking about. You've got Alex Albon. Uh, now, Latifi's a point scorer in, two, in 2022. It took a few shenanigans and a bit of a changeable conditions for that to occur. Have we seen the court pop? And now the points are going to come streaming in before he retires? Retires? You know, getting kicked at the door. <laughs> a mutual agreement between Latifi and Williams, I have you know. Yes. Yeah, well,
2: he's, <laughs> now, he's now moved <laughs> up to a 20th in a, a 20-to-20 driver championship with that uh, couple of points. Nah, I don't see it.
0: The so Williams isn't. Is he going to tri- cause an accident on the first corner?
2: Well, no. It's difficult to cause an accident on the first corner when you start last. He's going to trip He'll over send, the medical send car on or the inside. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I don't. I don't see, it. Let's see if he's had his opportunity that Williams
0: isn't particularly good. Okay. How about Alex Albon then? Is he going to be fully fit now after his appendix situation? Now and going to be into this this race weekend fully fit and and ready to kind of score that odd point, if possible.
2: Aye, he'll be all right. I don't think he'll get any points, but okay. It's the Formula One 2022 Anonymous Championship between Alfa Tauri, Aston Martin, Williams. Just, they were there. What did they do? I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's one of them. The the
0: odd good result, the odd freight result, which was... Yeah, that's what I was just going to say.
2: You know, or they do a good strategy and they pop up in 10th to 11th. How did they get there Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, they, there's not much more. I think Williams just need to bank on the season, start working on next year. I would imagine they probably are they are and then you know go from there. Historically, the second season of the new rule set brings everything together, just a yeah. wee bit closer. So I would like to think that you know Williams after tally the teams that have kind of not got things right, including our beloved McLaren, mm-hmm. you know, should get things. That's right. Like so. be a bit more closer, a bit
0: more kind of up and down throughout the season with uh, whoever gets in the points. Yeah, I think that's where they're looking at. Okay, well, let's do our predictions for the race weekend then. I think we've already pretty much said it and I can't imagine we're going to be too different to each other today. So I'll go to Coops first. Anita, one, two, three on that podium. Verstappen, Perez and Tom, top three. For Stappen, Sainz, Perez. And I'm going to go let's go for it. Come on, Ferrari. I'm going to say Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, Max Verstappen. Just just because I want it to happen, not necessarily because it will happen. Those, so that's our preview for the race this weekend. Let's hope some of those predictions come true and we get a good race. Because I think, well, we're, we're definitely not going to get changeable conditions in Texas. There's no rain scheduled for the weekend. So it'd be a surprise not to to see a, a completely dry track. Uh, after our last couple of races this season, but it'll be a welcome change. And ho- let's hope the racing is just as good as it has been previously at this track. And we get some good battles at the front and further down the field. Uh, let's talk about the l- a few couple of news pieces that have been dropped this week. There's not much actually that's happened. But Cooch, what what do you want to talk about first? Uh, I mean, there's a
2: couple of things that caught my eye. The the big one is Mario Andretti, I think,
0: 83 years
2: old, drove a 2013. McLaren around Laguna Seca
0: yeah this was the thing that was promised at the Miami Grand Prix was it that there was a conversation between Zach Brown and Mario Andretti he promised him a race towards the American Grand Prix yeah yeah they've obviously followed through with their word
2: yep Mika Hakkinen was there in one of the McLarens from the 80s as well but nice. you know, he was around there Mario did say that he said he'd done it right he, he enjoyed it because of the type of helmet he was using he couldn't quite see the steering wheel which meant he didn't quite get the gearing right through the corners. Right, so okay. 82 years old and he's still gone. didn't quite nail it into that apex, didn't do it there. <laughs> you know, it was the track. say it was the track, the last t- the last track for Mario Andretti to win in his motorsport Ooh, career. Wow. And following on from that, the circuit co- of the Americas are naming the final corner of the track after Mario Andretti. It's going to be called yeah, the no, Andretti. It's nice. So he's getting, it's, it's a full-on Mario Andretti appreciation week. Is uh, I and think fully
0: deserved, so yes. fully, fully deserved too.
2: I think he's the last American Formula One champion from nineteen. I want to say nineteen seventy-eight. I might have to double check with date, but yeah, I think he is
0: the last American to Formula One. Was what year was Phil Hill? He was was he before that? He was nineteen
1: sixty-three. Yeah, he yeah he was way back
0: before that. it is. It's good to see an eighty-two-year-old in a Formula One car. Is that the oldest person to have ever driven a Formula One car as well?
1: Oh, do know what? it must be it'd probably be quicker than Latifi as well
0: <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially around a track that he knows in so yeah hopefully we'll get a, a preview of that at the weekend during the pre-show I guess of the Sky Sports coverage or whatever coverage you get to see in your own country but that'll be I think that would be quite nostalgic to see and quite quite good to see uh, anyway Tom, is there any news that you want to chat about today?
1: Zach Brown made some comments in the in, in the news. He wrote to the FIA. He, he feels that if Red Bull have overspent, which it appears that they have, mm-hmm. it constitutes cheating. And that it, it's not it's not just about just really getting the head on track, is whether the game's off track or the rest of it. He said he feels a financial penalty is not suitable and that the FIA needs to issue a sporting penalty. Mm-hmm. The... I'm not going to go into the gist of what he says because I don't want to bore everybody, but effectively he says, you can't just slap them with a fine. They they need proper sporting punishment. Yeah. And... Gonna, uh, I I say this as a Red Bull fan, I think he's got a point because I would say I don't think titles should be straight retrospectively because I don't
0: think... That's- and I don't think that will happen. I don't think no. anybody wants that to happen even, really.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, there, there will always be a small minority who are sort of on the extremes of whatever side you're talking about, but most same people would say probably, let's not do that. And I think they do need to make an example of anybody who's breached the cost cap because... Mm-hmm. If a team can breach a cost cap and then pay a fine and then that's it, that completely defeats the purpose.
0: Yeah. All the big teams will just, you know, swallow that. They'll be like, oh, well we can spend 5% more. So we will spend 5% more and then we'll pay a fine because we've spent more money and we can afford it, but it means we're going to have a championship contender of a car because we've breached the bud, you know the, but yeah totally agree with Zach Brown obviously this was a letter he sent out to the FAA he also sent it out to all the teams as well so it was a very very strong letter and strong meaning with the letter about him wanting this sporting penalty for the Red Bull team and I absolutely agree how about you Coops I imagine you're going to say similar thing
2: I mean you can't argue with it I mean no,
0: no.
2: regardless of you know how
0: expensive the catering was or how you know how you want to what it there's a cost cap and they've went over it. Yeah, but also there's, the, the, there's this question mark. Now, there's, there's no massive media outlets recorded saying this, but there's the question mark over Adrian Newey that has just been speculated at the moment by a few people. The,
2: the situation with Adrian Newey is people are taking things. So Adrian Newey has his own company. I like think it's Adrian Newey Holdings Limited or something. People have paid his wages into this holding company, which is not unusual. But if yeah. you've got your own company, yes, you're going to pay your bill. But you've your money into that. Why wouldn't you? I think it's all about the, the issue. Basically, is is it been some kind of creative accounting? Now, people are going to are going to say the red bill are cheating. Every single team on that grid, when the cost cap came in, started looking at creative accounting. Don't the bigger teams, the smaller teams that are trying to work up to the, the cost cap, like Williams, Alitalia, you know, the the, the Haas they don't spend that money Mm. even before they never spent $145 million a year. They wish they could, but you know, the bigger teams would have got creative because that's what they do. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: And it's just that for whatever reason. Is that creative accounting? Obviously it's not illegal, but if that means that you get a world-class multiple championship-winning aerodynamicists can design the best cars in the world, but actually doesn't cost you anything on paper.
1: If if I can just interject, because it's not too dissimilar from the world of IT contracts, from which I did a lot of before I do what I do now. And on the face of it, you are an employee. So when I was a contractor, I had a work email, I had a work laptop, I had a work mobile number, I was in the HR system and everything. Mm. but I was never employed i never had an employment contract with the company I had a contract where my company would invoice the client so in this case newbie's company will invoice Red Bull daily weekly monthly whatever and then out of that newbie will pay himself a salary
0: mm. but is that is that a way of mitigating being put on the books for you know the 145 million euros or whatever it is it should be out of their budget cap though
1: yeah it, it will yeah but if people are getting bent out of shape saying, they're paying him a salary and he's not one of the top three. It's not that. If that is how it's been
0: done. Okay, so what can you say?
2: Yeah, I think, from what I would understand, that Adrian knew is one of the top three, so his salary wouldn't count anyway. Right, yeah, okay. The, big, the the thing to take from the statement that came out from the FIA was that there was no... The, during their, their time looking at it, there, I, I don't know the exact word, there, I'm paraphrasing, but it basically was a case of there was no indication that any of the teams tried to hide stuff or tried to, you know, do something sneaky. It was interpretations of the rules. Now, right. Williams got fined because they didn't put their homework in at the right time, so they get a $25,000 fine. So, because they missed the deadline to get the accounts put in place. Aston mm-hmm. Martin, it's procedural. So, from what I understand, they reading the regulations and looking at other stuff. Procedural... They've submitted
0: it wrong or whatever.
2: Well, basically what it means is they've interpreted the rules wrong and the FIA have went, no, that's not, that's not what that's intended to do. So we're going to, that's a procedural issue. Mm -hmm. Red Bull have done a procedural issue along with overspend. So by reading between the lines, they've interpreted a certain part of the regulations a certain way, which meant that they should, they would have been allowed to pay, like use that money for something else. The FIA Mm -hmm. have went, no, that's interpreted wrong which then means you're over the you're over the cost cap. That's where I think this is. I don't think they've been sneaky in a sense of hiding Adrian Newey's, you know, salary or anything like that. I think that's just people looking. The biggest problem with this whole situation is the FIA have went against their own promise of being transparent. Mm-hmm. They just came out and said, they've over it. They've over it by 1.5 million. This is what they did. We will let you know of the thing. They didn't. So now everyone's reaching. Is it Catherine? Yeah. It may well be catering. But chicken wings. <laughs> it may well be the chicken wings. It may well be something else. It may be nothing. It could come out that's a few a few thousand dollars because they've misinterpreted something.
0: Yeah. But
2: because it's Red Bull and because it's the year that they beat Hamilton, it's a bigger deal. And because the FIA have decided, yeah, they breached it. We're not going to tell you what we're going to do. And we're not going to tell you how much they breached it by but it's a minor breach, which is up to $7.5 million because it's 5% of 145, which is a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there's a, it's got, it's got messy when it doesn't need to be messy, but the FIA have said it's not because they're being sneaky, it's interpretations. So, we just have to wait and see when they decide to bring it out and what they're going to say. Personally, yeah. I think they're not going to deduct points. Verstappen isn't going to lose his championship. I think they'll find them. So say it's a million over, they'll fine them the million, and then they'll, fine, they'll 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 want two million back as a fine, but that won't be a fine as in Detroit Massachusetts gives them the money, it'll be taken off the following year's budget, and then they'll reduce development time because the argument is that that extra money has meant that they're able to make a step further for the development of maybe the 2022 car or the 2021 car. So, yeah,
0: well, it would be a knock-on effect, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it, what you do
2: then is you pull it back. You'd say, right, you're, you're going to lose 30 hours of the year to do development time. It needs to be some. It can't just be a couple of hours. It needs to be quite a fair chunk because you can claw back a couple of hours, especially the brains that the Red Bull have. So you need to rein them back in. You need, to look, you need to bring back that extra development they've had, which, and that's the way I think they need to do it. That's the only way I can see it, to be honest. Uh, and I would be quite happy with that, as long as it's not, you know, as long as it's not just a couple of hours. It's some relatively substantial. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's pretty much all the news. Is there any any other news articles that you want to chat about that might that's, that's hit the headlines? I don't think there's been many others apart from this. Obviously, this continuing rumbling of the cost cap overspend from Red Bull.
2: Uh, a couple of these things I noticed that I thought would be interesting. Alpine looked did actually look at bringing back Ricardo to take over from my uh, Alonso. But staff never decided they wanted to go with experience, speed and youth. And on balance, went with Pierre Gasly. Can't really argue. Mm. And the other one which I thought was really interesting was Mika Hakkinen was interviewed for a Unibet video and he made a comment that, that I'll kind of quote it here. He said, uh, I guess, the uh, uh, discussion about Max, was happening. It's great Max is committed in signing long contracts. It shows he trusts him." but there is always a risk when key people leave, car performance doesn't match expectations, and that's when drivers start to think whether it's time to change teams. I don't think Max is going to stay with Red Bull for the rest of his career, but that is just my opinion. I, it's quite interesting, to be honest, from someone who can and you know, We're seeing a lot of these multi-year contracts, and it looks like Verstappen's very much bedded into Red Bull, but it takes one piece of that drugstore to fall away, and then the car to come out and you know, sitting in sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, a la Mercedes this year. Verstappen mm-hmm. doesn't want to fight for that when he's won two championships in a row. You know, he could move on. It would be weird to see Verstappen in maybe a Ferrari overall or a McLaren if they're up near the front or Mercedes. That'd be a very strange kind of situation. But mm-hmm. it's definitely something that could happen. But you know,
0: that's that was only the that was pretty much it really that I found. On the Max Verstappen career front, he's also mentioned and he's doubled down and people have also mentioned on his behalf that he doesn't want to be in Formula 1 forever. And, you know, it could be just running running to the end of his contract. I think it's, it finishes in 2026, his current contract with Red Bull. And that could be the end of his career. He's He's got no designs to be a seven-time champion, no kind of – well, I mean, he could potentially get it by that time, obviously – He's got, a, he's got a few years left, but he, he's not one that wants to be there for into his 40s. You know, he, he's got other things that he wants to do, other sports he wants to try, other races he wants to win. So, I mean, I think what we're forgetting as well is Max has already been in it for a long time mm. in general
2: terms. I mean, what was he, 17? So you're already talking years. So
1: the next season
0: is going to be his eighth season in Formula One. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it, for, for such a young guy who's only 25 now, but he's he's still very young. He could be one of these drivers that goes on to do the Triple Crown. Maybe he wants to dominate in Indy. Maybe he wants to dominate in Le Mans, get that Triple Crown that a lot of drivers kind of, that Alonso certainly try to, to get himself. But yeah, there, there are there are other series. He certainly doesn't need to worry about the money. because according to what I've just said.
2: His new contract tops somewhere in the region of $50 million a year so that's comparable to Hamilton's demands and, and that's not including yeah. sponsorships and whatever other taglines to that so secure to do what he wants to do get a few
0: championships and move on £40 million a year I heard and that's a lot of money to sit in the bank not enjoy um, mm-hmm. because you're too busy travelling the world trying to win Formula 1 races I can appreciate someone wanting to move on like that after you know having a short dominating career in this sport mm. But I do think that is all the articles that we need to speak about today. So we will be back next week where we review the race at the Circuit of the Americas. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Thanks to my chaps for coming to speak to me today. Thanks, Tom, and thanks, Coops. Thank you. Pleasure, as always. We are the Everything F1 team. You can find us on all our socials every single day posting content. Great content for you to like, share, and of course, enjoy. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We are also on our shiny website where we post articles daily. Great content to go and read and peruse at your own leisure. That's on the website, www.everythingf1.com. We would also love it if you were to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast streaming service, be that Spotify, be that Apple Podcasts, be that Android, whatever their version is. We're on every single podcast streaming service. So please click the subscribe, hit the bell, and get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. I've been James Tiller. This has been the F1 podcast. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.